0: what's wrong with you people welcome to not another baptist podcast my name is matt hensley and i am joined as always by
1: kyle bierman
0: how are you doing kyle
1: man i am great you know what it was great to see you in person in the flesh last week and and,
0: and you you had a win like yes got something experience. that's only
1: happened like twice this this season and we got it, to see it together it was special
0: it's true it was such a bonding moment to watch the the rangers do well it was probably because i was there let's be honest That's it. i mean you know i was like the rally monkey there or whatever um rally orangutan maybe but but anyway <laughs> I'm glad. We, we had a great time at the Swibitz Church Revitalization Conference. Really enjoyed our chat with Dr. Hempel, and hope you all enjoyed that as well. A whole lot of wisdom crammed into about 25 minutes, and uh, we had a great time with with him. And it's always good to hear him say, Norfolk. And uh, so, so that's always fun. <laughs> but Kyle, M MDiv. The Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary's MDiv program is the preparation for the broadest range of Christian ministry. And that is what you can expect when you complete a Master of Divinity at Southwestern Seminary. With a wide array of academic options, Southwestern Seminary offers MDiv studies with concentrations in educational ministry, women's studies, international church planting, and much much, much more. And so whether you are called to student ministry, cross-cultural missions, pastoral ministry, chaplaincy, or anything in between, a Master of Divinity from Southwestern Seminary will equip you to live your calling. You can explore all the options available within the Southwestern Baptist Theological Seminary Master of Divinity at Swibbits.edu forward slash mdiv. I'm not interested in that any longer because I got that.
1: I was going to say it's almost it. enough to go back and do a second MDIV. Maybe um, a, yeah. that, that's not quite enough. I would do it, it if I could get a brick on the sidewalk, but yeah. they're not doing those anymore. So I know. there's I'll, there's my incentive.
0: I will buy you a brick. It might not have your name on it. I might get a sharpie and write your name on it. But but yeah, I'll if you'll go back and do it, I'll absolutely get you a brick. And uh, but yeah, it was so good to see you. So good to hang out with Dr. Himpill. And uh, I had to pay my dues, as you know. I had to get him a cup of coffee. And, right. uh, and, and I felt like I kind of cheated on that because he gave me his card. And his card, not his credit card, he had this like magical card that was like, it said, Dr. Ken Hempel, seventh president of Southwestern Baptist Theological wow. Seminary with this picture on it. And I really wondered, Matt. I could keep this for a while and I could probably get into any room, any building, whatever. Yeah. Like it basically is like part ownership.
1: Of <laughs> did that get you free coffee at the Southwestern Cafe?
0: It did get me free
1: wow. coffee at the Southwestern Cafe. That's yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah. So hopefully it just goes directly out of Dr. Greenway's bank account. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, it was a great time there. We had a good time. And today, man, you know, after Easter – after the drama of Southern Baptist Convention Twitter and social media that that always is, it just never ceases to amaze me how much worse every day can be online. Uh, but uh, but I thought after Easter, after all that kind of stuff, let's just have a fun episode of what?
1: Well, uh, so Dude Perfect has this game show that they do where Tyler Tony dons this uh, alternate ego called Ned Forrester and they spin a wheel uh, and it is called That's Unfortunate. <laughs> and uh, it ends up being like, you know, one of the guys has to like shave his eyebrows or they have to like ride on top of a car going through a car wash or something like that. Um, we're not going to do is that. What that. We're doing? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, but you know, it's been a while since we've had just a, a pointless episode that was nothing but fun. And so we, we started talking and we're just going to talk about um, unfortunate incidents that we have either done um, or encountered throughout uh, ministry, and yeah. uh, you know, so so let's say there are some very serious unfortunate incidents that that happen out there. That's not what we're talking about today. These are just simply lighthearted, um, either dumb things that we've done or or unfortunate things that that we've seen happen in ministries that we've been connected to.
0: Yes, and uh, those of you that are tuning in, in about 15 minutes, you will have plenty of oppo research on us, plus <laughs> whatever you need to do, Yeah, we're because I'm going to kick it off with my very first youth pastorate, and uh, I showed up, we had two kids in the youth group, and they were twins. Now, that's that's great. You know, two is yeah. good. That's wonderful, and uh, everything I've ever gone to has usually been very small, and we've grown. Uh, But I thought, you know, young guy, I don't know what I'm doing. This is before I had any kind of plans, and I was probably too young to be a pastor anyway. But I thought, hey, one of the first days, I I came in sort of close to the summer, and so I just said, hey, if y'all will get 15 people signed up for camp, I will pierce my nose. And I thought, there's no way these twins want number one, and then they were like super introverted. And even even with the three of us, our, our conversations, Bible study, all that kind of stuff, it was like nut, like pulling teeth to get them to 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 comment and discuss and all that kind of stuff. And so I was like, "There's no way, there's no way." And we got sixteen signed up for camp. So
1: did you do this yourself? Like belt piercing?
0: No, <laughs> oh, No, 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 no. I went oh, okay. to a okay, shop or whatever. Got it done. Yeah. So, but here's the best part: I go to my I go to my pastor, and my pastor is this old guy. And uh, and I said, hey, I, I did a thing and I need to talk to you about it. Um, <laughs> just kind of see what your thoughts are. So I made this deal with the youth that if they got 15 people signed up for camp, I'd pierce my nose. And they did. And so, like, is that OK? Like, should I go get my nose pierced? Whatever. And he said, Matt, I will remember this to the day I die. Matt, it's one thing for me to know that I have a stupid student pastor. It would be another thing for me to know that I have a stupid lying student pastor, go get your nose pierced.
1: That's awesome. And,
0: uh, so I left that day, actually, and I went to 360 Blues and Tattoos. It's on 360, Highway 360 in Arlington. And I went in there and uh, I said, I want a nose ring. I don't know what, I don't know where they go other than the nose. I don't know what I need to do, whatever, but just give me a nose ring. So I did. At the same time, I also was the after school program lead at First Baptist Church in Grand Prairie, who had in our little code of conduct thing where guys could not have piercings. If they did, they had to have it covered up. So I'm in a predicament. So obviously I get like those little tiny Band-Aids and I put it over my nose. And my mom is a member of that church and also lives right up the road. I had that job for well over a year and my mom never came to see me. That week alone, my mom came up like two or three times, just like, I'm in the area, just want to see how you're doing. So the whole time, because it was on whatever side of my nose, the whole time, I'm like, quote unquote, watching the kids play in the gym, like trying to keep my eyes on them because I quote unquote had to while I'm having this conversation with my mom so that she did not see the Band-Aid on my nose. And that goes back to there is something in your mama's mind. But she just knows when you've done something stupid. and uh, But she, to this day, she may listen to this podcast. Hopefully she doesn't. To this day, she doesn't even know that I had a nose ring. Uh, But it gets worse. This is where the unfortunate thing happened. I get tired of having to put that Band-Aid on. I'm tired of hiding it, all of that kind of stuff. I thought it looked goofy and dumb and all of those things. And a thousand reasons why it didn't need to be in my nose. So in my dorm room at Dallas Baptist University, I start trying to pull it out. The problem was it had just started to scab over and it was excruciating pain. (laughs) And, uh, so not to be deterred, I said, well, I'll just go back to the tattoo shop and I'll get them to take it out. I go up. The guy said, if you just wait like three, four more days, it'll come right out. I said, I want it out now. And so he starts pulling it out and my goodness, like from my right eye, just this steady stream of a tear. Like I wasn't crying, but it was like something in my tear duct just made it flow. And uh, and so, yeah, that is unfortunate. So
1: that is unfortunate. A
0: helpful note here, if you're a youth pastor and you make some kind of a harebrained idea for your youth, don't go that route. Like there's a few <laughs> other things you can do. Hey, I'll shave my beard. I'll, you know, I'll do a mohawk. I'll, I'll shave like, you know, the top of my head and, and look like Kyle, you know, something like that. There's a thousand other things you can do other than getting a nose ring. It's dumb. Don't do it. Don't do it. So yeah, that's my yeah. first count, unfortunate. Count,
1: count the cost. Count the cost on on the, the bets that you make with your, with your students. Um, so I have a story from my first uh, youth pastorate as well. I was serving as a summer youth pastor. So kind of my first foray into what, you know, full-time ministry would look like at least for a couple of months or so. Um, I was 20. Um, and uh, after church on Wednesday nights, uh there would be a, a good group of us that would usually go play softball um well this particular night i'm the only um quote unquote adult there right i'm 20 years old um there are you know some I mean, of the kids are just a couple of years younger than me i'm i'm uh i'm the only adult there and i hit a pop up and at first i'm mad because it, i'm i'm used to Crushing monster bombs, and this is like a pop up to the second baseman, right?
0: I doubt that. I really yeah, no,
1: no. I had I had well at twenty. I had softball you had skills, warning man. Warning track power, baby. <laughs> well, we were playing at a little league field, so I, I had home run power there. at The yeah, two hundred foot were as tall or whatever. As little leaguers,
0: <laughs> so still, it's going to be warning track power. Come
1: on, so, so I hit a I hit a pop up. It goes to like second baseman. and I get kind of mad, like spike my bike or spike my bat, and um, uh. What I, what I later learned is that this kid normally wears glasses, but he was not wearing glasses, um, that particular night and he misses the ball and it hits him square in the mouth and knocks a tooth clean out. Um, so like I'm three weeks into my foray as a youth pastor and I just knocked a kid's tooth out. Um. So, I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there freaking out thinking, oh no, like this is the end of my ministry career. (laughs) Like my name is tarnished now. (laughs) I'm forever going to be known as the guy who knocked the kid's tooth out. Uh, So, you know, we take him, he lived not far from the ballpark. So we walk him home and, you know, they like have the tooth in a baggie on ice. (laughs) um, Anyway, short long story short, the next, next day they were able to go to the dentist. They put the tooth back in. Um, Everything was fine. Um, I think church's insurance ended up covering it because it was kind of at a, at a informal church event, but it was all church people there. And uh, yeah, so, and Michelle will tell you, I I have a, that's the worst injury I ever caused to a kid, but, but I do have a, (laughs) I do have a history of, um, you know, I mean, dodgeball, you know, accidentally hitting kids in the face or you know, something like that. So
0: accidentally, yeah, right. accidentally.
1: well, no, because my cool. aim is not that good. <laughs> I, I I'm aiming like for their, for, you know, <laughs> for their thigh and I hit them in the face. <laughs> mm. But yeah, Michelle, Michelle will tell you, I do have a history of injuring children during um, youth uh, sporting activities.
0: Okay. My next one is uh, actually at that same church. So I didn't learn my lesson. I don't remember what I had done, like what the deal was. I I, I remember we were doing like a Bible reading thing. So maybe they'd finished that or, or whatever. I don't know what the reason was, but I had agreed to swallow a goldfish. And we're not talking like the goldfish cracker. We're not talking about even like fish, oh, no. you know, gummies. We're talking about basically live goldfish. Puma. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> live goldfish. It went down the hatch. <laughs> it's. Flopping around in my mouth, uh, <laughs> uh. So, anyway, it's like, why? Why did you only spend six months at this church, Matt? Uh, no, it was longer than that. But uh, but it was like, well, I pierced my nose and I swallowed a goldfish. You know, those aren't really things that people, you know, celebrate in their. You,
1: those are things you put on a resume for future yeah. churches. <laughs>
0: like I, I, I'm that. That's where you try and frame it the right way. I'm an out of the box. Uh, kind of thinker, so like, willing to take ways? risks, so, <laughs> but uh, but then again, that goes back to the whole like what you win them with, you win them to, like you know. So, if I was really trying to grow the groove only by that kind of stuff, who knows what I would have had to swallow next or or do? And uh, so that would be another that's unfortunate. Did, um, did, I didn't did, did six, the fish whatever.
1: survive? Did, did the fish come back out and survive?
0: Yeah, I'm not going to answer any part of that question <laughs> because this is a PG episode, uh, but let's just say I did not feel the fish flopping around in my esophagus or down into my small or large intestine stomach, any of that kind of stuff. So we'll just leave it at that and assume that it, it went down and, and died.
1: I never got that. There was a guy in in college who did that one time, like, like swallowed the goldfish. And then like 10 minutes later, like had regurgitated it. Like I just, I, I I never understood that other than it's just a, Oh my gosh, I can't believe he swallowed a live
0: goldfish. It's just the reverse Jonah. (laughs) And so kids turn with me to Jonah and you see this, you know, think about, you know, we've just turned about his fair play, right? That's the uh,
1: anyway, um, fish gets what it deserves. Yeah. Payback. Oh, <laughs> uh, so, next one. So no, next,
0: that's unfortunate.
1: So, yeah. So several years later I had been a seasoned youth pastor at this point and, um,
0: meaning he was like 23, <laughs> I think
1: I was 27, 28, okay. something like that. So, um, so after church on Sunday, we we had a cookout because then we were immediately leaving to go to youth camp, right? So this is July. Did church and Sunday school that morning. Um, had a cookout and then we load into the van and and head to youth camp. And all is well. We had a good week at camp. I come back and we um, unload the van. All the kids are gone, and I open up the door to the gym, which is where we had had the cookout the week before. And I'm just hit with this smell of death, like easily the worst smell I've ever smelled in my life. Well, what happened was we had a cooler that held all the frozen chicken or frozen burger patties that we used for the cookout. Not all of them got used. And in our haste to load the van and head to youth camp, the cooler with the frozen burger patties had been left in this gym in July with no air conditioning on. (laughs) So, um, so we had like these swamp coolers that we would run that were kind of like just basically big fans. Right. But we only turned those on when we were in there. So um, yeah, this cooler with burger patties had been sitting in there for a week. Um, And, and I cannot describe to you the smell other than um, after a few attempts to try to clean it up and to try to figure out what on earth I was going to do, I ended up double bagging this entire cooler and just putting it in a dumpster, I think away from the church because I didn't want it like anywhere near method. the church. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was that, that's maybe the most unfortunate incident I've ever had because it was, that and that smell, I don't know how it ever came out of that gym. Um, but it was, it, oh man, that that was the worst, pro- probably the worst experience of my life is walking into that room and, and being hit with that smell and immediately realizing what had happened.
0: All right. Well, have you ever had an alcoholic pastor? Uh, here's the next that's important. No,
1: uh,
0: I was sick. This is well before COVID. So I, I just wasn't really sick anymore, but I still just had this lingering cough. And I would just have these coughing fits where, I mean, I would almost hyperventilate and, uh, you know, just that dry cough, you know, the one that just hurts your ribs, everything just kind of hurts. And I could take those, like, you know, the day quill, night quill at night, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I'd go out, you know, it was fine. And, uh, so I decided kind of watching it for, you know, maybe Saturday that morning, that kind of deal that night quill or day quill or whatever would give me a good 45 minutes or so without any coughing fits and I knew that it was going to be hard to preach with you know a cough drop or something like that so I thought here's here's a brilliant idea I'm just going to pour uh you know a serving or you know the the whatever the deal, the serving of DayQuil set it on the pulpit and just swig it right before I preach and I'm thinking, you know, Aaron was our music minister. He and I was filling in to preach that day. Our pastor was out. And so Aaron will do the music and, you know, you know, you got the transition prayers. And uh, so you do the prayer. I'll do the shot of Day Quill, and then I'll be able to do the sermon. That's great. If all of our congregation would bow their heads and close their eyes (laughs) as the pastor is on the stage far away. We, our stage was kind of high and lifted up there. It was about six feet up in the air and our sanctuary, I swear, like it felt like it was a mile long. It was like an inch wide and a mile long.
1: Yeah. Those little uh, shotgun buildings. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah.
0: (laughs) And so the people out there, I mean, they couldn't see, and you know, Dayquil is kind of that orangish yellow color. So the pastor's up there throwing back shots of bourbon for all they know. <laughs> and so I threw back the, you know, the the quill, preached my sermon, finished the sermon, started coughing again. Everything was fine on that end. Uh, but I did have conversation after, what did you drink? <laughs> and so I was like, what are you talking about? Oh, <laughs> that was Dayquil. And so I showed him the bottle. I heard
1: I'm it was Dayquil, your likely excuse. Jack
0: Daniels up there, it was a bottle of <laughs> Dayquil. So that is unfortunate. If you got to do something like that, Use like the little side room, you know, the baptistry or whatever, and yes. take your little swig of dayquil, what? or just go up there with a the bottle and uh, of dayquil. Words clearly marked. Nobody's <laughs> wondering like the appearance of evil or any of that kind of stuff. That, that is an
1: unfortunate. What, what was the uh, what was the the stuff that Spurgeon drank? Like chili vinegar or something like that? He, he would keep a um, a cup of chili vinegar while he was preaching. Yeah, that's a story.
0: I, I just thought he smoked a cigar while he was.
1: Preaching. <laughs> uh, but, so, uh, so, so I have, I have one more, um, a, a Wednesday night. So, so you may not know this. My top front two teeth are porcelain crowns because um, when I was 10 years old, I rolled out of bed um, at an, at an RA camp onto a concrete floor and busted up my, my two front teeth. So, Uh, so those are fake. My, my beautiful smile is, is artificial, uh, porcelain crowns. So I got those done like my freshman year of college, right? Never had an issue. Um, one Wednesday night in Clayton, New Mexico, um, someone had a bag of caramel apple pops. And, um, so I was sucking on one and, and for some reason, I don't know why, this is never a good idea, even with real teeth. Um, I bit down into the caramel apple pop. And when I pulled it, um, popped my crown off, um, like right at the start of like Wednesday nights. So we have a church full of Awana kids. And so uh, I like ran upstairs to where Michelle was and, you know, kind of doing an old man patient, trying to cover my teeth. And I said, uh, Michelle, I need you to come, uh, come here real quick. And she goes, what, what, what is wrong with you? Like in front of the whole class. And I said, um, I, I, I need you to come over here. And uh, so she does. And I end up just kind of smiling. like <laughs> I look like Bubba because I'm missing my front tooth. All I want and, for Christmas is my tooth. Bro. Yes. And so, you know, I'm trying to like keep it kind of discreet. And does Michelle keep it discreet? Oh, no. She immediately starts laughing, <laughs> and, which of course makes the entire class turn around and look. And so these all these seventh and eight seven and eight year olds see uh you know Pastor Kyle without his front tooth in. And uh so it was all it was all fun. Went downstairs. One of the senior adult ladies had denture cream. So I just put a little bit of that on there and shoved it back up and until I was able to go to the dentist a couple of days later.
0: All right, so you could also do what I always did as a kid is just get those chicklets and just yeah that's right. So, <laughs> there was some movie
1: know, that, that they did that I don't I forget which movie it was did that that you, happened.
0: You <laughs> uh, you only have three. Surely you have more. I'm going to share one. Uh, you know, kind of to remind us to be a little careful with your illustrations. This is before I had any training on preaching, right? And and I kind of knew somewhat just internally that to preach. You explain a text and you apply the text. Like I just had this general framework of let's walk through. It was sort of expositional preaching before I knew it was. But then I knew all these pastors that I had over the years would have some kind of a illustration either to set it up or maybe to, you know, illustrate part of the text or whatever. And I've heard good ones and I've heard some really bad ones. I have one that I think takes the cake because of what it caused at my church that was very unfortunate is I am preaching on marriage. I was given that text, and I'm thinking, how can I illustrate this? And I thought about, I'll illustrate it in terms of, like, the vows we take for a wedding, right? You know, till death do its part, all that kind of stuff. And so I decided, harebrained idea, Rebecca, today I want you to come to church in a white dress. I'm going to wear my black suit, and I'm going to have Aaron, our music minister, he's always involved in some of these bad ideas, I guess, but I guess I convinced them to do it. Aaron is going to do like a wedding ceremony for us. And we're going to kind of show in those vows and and we'll, we'll tie that into my sermon. I don't think anything about it. I don't think there's anything bad about it. All that kind of stuff. The problem was, is not everybody heard like the setup. Everybody in the congregation did because they were there, but we had this group that was doing the nursery. We had the sound pipe in there. And I found out later that they didn't always turn it on for the music time because you know they would be doing some crafts whatever else and then so they could hear the sermon then they turn it on usually to you know 11:30 or something like that i apparently set it up just before they turn on the the volume so all they hear is matt and rebecca essentially in their mind and married. Married. <laughs> that apparently they had hired an unmarried youth pastor who was living that with was his living, <laughs> that was living with his girlfriend or whatever. <laughs> and so that one did cause some, some concern. I mean, I had to explain to them, you know, no, we're we've been married. we we've been married for you know four years or whatever at the point. Uh, and I explained to them how I set it up and all that kind of stuff. And, and the pastor's like, you gotta be really careful with illustrations, like they can go sideways really quick, and uh, that may not have even been a good idea anyway. And uh so so I learned my lesson from that one and uh, before I just give a few just kind of real quick stories do you have anything else do you ever leave a kid do you ever want to leave a kid Anybody? no
1: i so um have a couple of unfortunate incidents at malls um we lost a kid at a mall one time and and at the park mall in Arlington as a matter of fact so huge mall not like not like the Lubbock mall um big two-tiered mall and uh, so about 45 minutes later, this kid finally comes wandering back. He just, he, he had gotten separated from the group and got disoriented about where he was. Um, one, one other year after youth camp, again, at a mall, we, we were coming back through Lubbock on our way back to Kermit. And um, we told the kids, hey, you have like 45 minutes, you know, go eat, you know, st- stay in groups of like two or three, go eat lunch. Um, you know, you can do a little bit of shopping and then meet back at the church van. Well, as uh, Michelle and I are walking out of the mall, heading to the van, um, we're met by one of our high school girls who said, um, so two of the junior high boys got into a fight and the police would like to speak to you. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I walk up and and the police uh, mall security, you know, Paul Blart said, um, hey, uh, uh, yeah, so these two guys got into a fight um and it was all witnessed by some kids on this other bus who who called us um and one of them picked up a broken piece of a cd and threatened to stab the other one and the other kid threw the the first kid on the ground and started kicking him in the head um so now i've told you they're your responsibility (laughs) (laughs) oh and um in in the next few moments uh, you know you ever had one of those moments where everything kind of you know, you kind of black out for a second, and all I know is that from then on, um, everyone on the that was on that trip uh, had a glimpse of what they called angry Kyle. Yeah, <laughs> and because uh, because apparently I, uh, I I did not use foul language or anything like that, but I did hit the roof and uh, apparently screamed and and told them that that was unacceptable. And so, yeah, never left a kid. Um, you know, just had, you know, one threatened to commit homicide.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We've heard Kyle has channeled his inner Mark Driscoll before. And, uh, <laughs> so how dare you? Yeah. Uh, so I'll, I'll give just a few little kind of bullet points, uh, because they're, they're not enough to really tell as a story, just dumb things I've done, uh, at a preteen camp or whatever, being the cool guy, right. The leader, all that kind of stuff, trying to, you know, connect with these youth and, Be the fun guy, all that kind of stuff. I decided to grab a cup at camp, dip it into the slosh bucket, and chug it. I'm talking about just slam it back. This was during breakfast. So it was a mix of all the Cheerios and Fruit Loops, frosted flakes, all of that stuff, milk, water, fruit punch, orange juice, all everything that wouldn't, you know, you would have to empty your cups, empty all of this stuff in this big giant cup that they would just dump out somewhere. And so I just grabbed the. You realize that has
1: germs from every single person at camp in it, right?
0: Realize that I didn't get COVID. So uh, (laughs) anyway, that is held me strong all the way through. So, so I slammed that back and everybody's just, it was horrible. And so did that. The other one was when I made a few of my youth throw up because we did the happy meal challenge and the happy meal challenge you take, you just order a happy meal, right? So burger nuggets, whatever it is, French fries all of that stuff that maybe the yogurt and then the drink, you put it all in a blender, put it in the cups and, uh, in, whoever drinks it first, fastest, whatever it is. And, uh, I had two blow blow chunks in that moment. And uh, so that was fantastic. And then another time that we did a, a baby food taste test challenge. And, uh, you know, so we, I just went to the store and got every type of baby food there was put it down on the deal, blindfolded people, mixed them all up. And so some people got, got it easy, right? You know, applesauce. Like applesauce is universally okay. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but some of those things are straight up nasty. And one of those in particular is peas. Oh, Pe- awful. Peas, just to Look, be Looks as disgusting so as it tastes. So yeah. it's green, it's gross, and it's horrible. And so all of these people are all blindfolded, all this kind of stuff, and they're around a the table. So there's there's somebody, you know, like three feet across from the other one. Everybody's blindfolded, nobody knows what they're getting, all that kind of stuff. And everyone, you know, I would I kind of put the spoon in each of the the baby foods, got out, you know, full, full bite. Everybody put it in at the same time and ate. And immediately the kid that got the green peas just like like oh. not blow up, but just spit it straight out uh-huh. of his mouth and right onto the person right across from them. Uh, so those are my final little outgoing things that will tell you. If, you, if you've if you learned anything from this episode that has been very unhelpful, few little bullet points. Be careful with your illustrations. Yep. Um, don't knock out kids' teeth. Nope. Uh, those are helpful. But probably the best reminder here is if you're looking for a youth pastor and you see come into your inbox for the search team, The name Kyle Bierman or Matt Hensley. Just go ahead and send it to file 13. Yep. Do not hire us to be your youth pastors because we clearly are dumb.
1: That's unfortunate.
0: That's unfortunate. (laughs) Send us out because this was an
1: unfortunate. (laughs) This was was fantastic. (laughs) Until next time, may your coffee be as black as night and as bold as the gospel you declare. Oh, 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 one one more. I got to tell you, this one's recent.
0: Uh so a couple of weeks ago or now I guess last week, whatever it was, I go to Missouri for a Good Friday service with Jonathan Hayashi's church. Yep. And uh I didn't I I usually think to say, you know, I ask questions like, you know, I, I knew in this one it was like a 10 to 15 minute sermon, so I knew that part. And I'm like, do you have a preferred translation? What do you normally wear? When I preach at a church, I usually ask those kind of questions just so I i, I usually will dress kind of right at or just barely above what they're used to. Just so it—it it, it, you know, anyway, that I just think that's helpful. And, uh, you know, so at, at the church, I currently uh, am, am helping serve kind of in a sort of interim role. It's jeans. And I mean, everybody there is in like t-shirts, shorts, all that kind of stuff. So it's jeans and a dress shirt. Well, I'm thinking this is Good Friday. You know it's obviously it's it's not easter uh but i'm not really thinking this is something that people dress up to i know it's like an evening thing so people will be coming from after work so i never thought to ask i didn't even ask about the translation (laughs) of choice and so i get there i'm in jeans and a dress shirt and uh jonathan uh hayashi is known to wear a bow tie which i don't think anything of it he's a pastor you know whatever then the first guest speaker shows up wearing like an Al Molar type suit. We're talking vest, tie, you know, the little handkerchief in the pocket, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, next guy shows up, full suit. Next guy shows up, full suit. Ed Romine rolls in, full suit. Everybody is in a suit, including much of the congregation, except for the keynote preacher, yours truly, matt hensley uh, i wrapped that thing up after all these people in suits and everything else up in my jeans and my dress shirt with my you know my my sleeves rolled up all of that kind of stuff and and it was comical to me because i felt very uncomfortable then but then when i see the pictures that jonathan is posting each of these guys it's like one of these things is not hilarious. like hilarious and uh, so so that's my final unfortunate yeah. uh, free of charge to
1: everybody yeah. that is hilariously unfortunate
0: What's wrong with you people?